0: Take me to your bed. Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I of course am your host, Erin Pym, and what I like to do here on the podcast usually is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality. However, it's been a while since I did a good old fashioned QA, a little solo episode, and it's Christmas. So I thought I'd do something a little special and different. So I was, uh, on the socials asking for some questions, you know, I'm going to give you some answers. Um, by the way, if you do like, you know, these solo episodes, this is what happens all the time on the Patreon. Just saying. (laughs) This is good though. I, um, specifically on Twitter, I did a call for questions and uh, tons of people answered, which is great. The other reason I did this, uh, let's be honest, um, it's the holidays. And I don't, I, I don't like to bug people around the holidays to do my podcast. <laughs> so this is a way that I can um, not bug people right now. So, okay, let's just dive in here. Okay, I mean, it's a general question, it just says, What is your favorite kink? Um, this is from Lord Ninian One at Lord Ninian One on Twitter. My favorite kink, I think. I think when it what it, all my different kinds of interests kink wise boil down to, is objectification. So I'm gonna say that, and um, yeah, like when I think of like Med Fed type stuff, I'm really into. It's this being objectified aspect. Same with like the humiliation, ignore stuff. I'm into um, the being used stuff, all of that. And this is one that is uh, true for both sides of the slash for me. I love uh, being objectified, obviously in a consensual kinky scenario or uh, the flip side. I love doing this to people as well in, uh, in the dungeon or the bedroom. So yeah. And, hey, we've got so many questions. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Moving on. Um, Oh, I like that people ask questions, like, about Christmas stuff. Because I was like, I'm going to do a Christmas Q&A. And I think people thought it was going to be Christmas-themed. Not my intention, but a lot of these questions are um, (laughs) (laughs) Christmas-themed. So, um, uh, Marin Desaad who I've actually had on the pod before. They're at Marin Desaad on Twitter. And they say, embarrassing gifts, tips for sexy gifts, most memorable kinky holiday experience, kink traditions in your circles for the holidays. (laughs) So many. The last one is, are you on the naughty list? (laughs) A thinking emoji embarrassing gifts. Hmm. Unfortunately, the uh, ritual chamber gift exchange is being postponed until after the holidays. Um, But that was going to be a fun one because I like when you when you're buying something for someone that you know, they're opening in front of a bunch of different people. Uh, I was hoping to get a saucy gift at that quite honestly. I don't know but what comes to mind about embarrassing gifts is like I don't know I hate to say it but like submissives that bring gifts to me like for a session sometimes they're so off they're so far off um one that jumps to mind is like they bought me like this little cross pendant I think um with no chain and I was like Literally, what am I going to do with this? So by embarrassing, I mean embarrassing for them. (laughs) Tips for sexy gifts. It's kind of tough giving a gift to a person um, as a surprise. I actually don't advise doing that. Anything from like buying a sex toy for someone or a kink toy or gasp doing this thing that actually happens um bringing someone to a sex worker or a provider as a surprise those in general are not great ideas because guess what sex and kink and all that requires consent uh so if you're gonna spring something like that on someone really not a great idea um what i would say is like Giving someone, if you want to buy someone a a sex toy so badly, you know, buy them a gift card for a sex shop. Uh, Come as you are, perhaps. Come as you are. Sponsor, sponsor. Um, Or, I mean, make it part of a date. Go to a sex shop together. Walk around together. Talk about all the things you're seeing together. And then purchase something for them while they're there. Key uh, words kink traditions in your circles for the holidays. Hmm. I think it's just um yeah, like ritual chamber gets uh, gets together all together, which is cute. We give kinky gifts to each other. You know, there's a we do a secret santa, so there's like a little uh limit to how expensive it can be, but it's got to be kinky, so that's fun. Um I don't know any any people that are usually like play partners of mine or or my partners. Um, Yeah, I think they more resemble kind of your vanilla plans than anything else. Like we don't have any play parties that we do every year or anything like that. It's kind of random. So I don't know if I have actual kink traditions. And then lastly, and am I on the naughty list? Gee, I I sure hope so. Marin Desaad. (laughs) Moving on. Okay. This is on Twitter. At Mighty Nine Nine. It says, you enjoy tickling others, but are you ticklish? Okay. Tell us you're a tickling fetishist without saying so. Um, Not really. I am slightly at my lower back. Like right on the, yeah, right on the lower back. I think that's the only place that I'm truly... Uh, get, like, super twitchy and, like, yeah, when somebody tickles me. So I'm going to say that. Okay, this is one from at GraceFLWarrior on Twitter. They say, how do you define intimacy? Interpret the question freely, it says in brackets. Intimacy there are lots of different types of intimacy, aren't there? Um, when I think of what intimacy, like what I require as far as intimacy goes in my relationships, I, um, I think it's like dedicated one-on-one time. Um, I think it's active time spent together um and I'm not saying all the time but like there's got to be a good portion of this um for me to uh yeah feel like the relationship is intimate uh enough for me I guess you know so it's stuff like yeah having special dates maybe could be part of this um right on a regular basis, you know, really talking about how we're feeling, how we're doing, what's going on with us, what are we struggling with, what do we need support surrounding, you know, all those kind of emotionally intimate type things. Um Yeah, there's got to be vulnerability there. Um, and then yeah, obviously, sexual intimacy, I'm a, I enjoy sex uh with my partners and with people. So like, Yeah, I think, um, I think all of those things are really important to me, like in a relationship, if we're talking about defining intimacy, and like, if someone was to ask me, you know, kind of what I need in a relationship, I would be like, intimacy. And by that, I mean, you know, and then give that list kind of thing. Um, okay, this is From at Trist Wild on Twitter. What was the most memorable kink and non-kink sexual experience you had during the Christmas holidays that involved a gift? (laughs) That is way too specific. (laughs) I don't think I have an answer for that. Um, I mean, have I gotten have I gotten kinky gifts really um oh okay it says most memorable non-kink sexual experience okay what's sexual experiences I was gonna say if it's non-sexual kink experience gift at a holidays it was my a gift I received from my metamor uh and she's not a Um, like she's not in my like kink circles or anything, but she made me this little, uh, you know, that bakeable clay. She made me this, a little St. Andrew's cross. And I thought that was so sweet and validating because like, she's not in the kink kind of community at all, but it just showed that she sees me over here being kinky and that she approves, you know what I mean? Uh, So I, I, I received that as like, yeah, a very sweet gift. And if I'm talking about intimate, I was like, oh, that felt, that felt intimate. Um, but that's not what the question says. <laughs> they want to know about sexual experiences during the holidays that involve the gift. I don't often receive sexy gifts um, or give sexy gifts, I don't think. I gave Josh a bunch of things uh, for when he starts pro-doming with me like, clothing-type things. Um, yeah, I'm giving Chloe... Uh, I, gave, I gave her some leather gloves uh, for her birthday, which she's used in a scene with me, which has been fun, um, and a kinky piece of kind of a fetish kind of jewelry that she's worn as well. We want to do a photo shoot with those two necklaces because I, I have the same one, actually. It's like a big ring in the middle big ring and a leather kind of strap but uh yeah I don't know I think that's all I got for that one okay moving on what can a slave do to prepare for a session with you that's a question I don't mind I like that and this is from at devotee of ms janice So um, a few things. I'll just go through uh, kind of what I think about that. Just like give some thought to the activities you would like to do. I would recommend choose like a top three activities you would like to do. Um, I would also ask you to kind of give some thought if there's something a little deeper than the activities that you want to tell me about like what they mean to you or how they make you feel um, or like what's going on inside what's the narrative you have when you're doing these activities if there is one And then like, uh, you know, the usual kind of physical prep things that you might do, like make sure you eat something, make sure you're hydrated. If we're doing like anal activities, then make sure you like douche, uh, stuff like that. Um, Yeah, take a COVID test. (laughs) That's about it, really. Okay, this is a question from at C... Todd's Guard on Twitter. Do you think people should be ashamed by their kink no matter what it is? So I'm not sure <laughs> what they mean there. I'm a kink provider. I don't think people should be ashamed of their kinks. I don't know if this question is that surface level. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's hard. That I. I guess my answer is no, I don't think people should be ashamed by their kink. Um, Yeah, if it's something that you should actually not be doing, like you're doing something unethical, then you shouldn't be doing it. And I would not characterize it as a kink. Um, Yeah, (laughs) if it's something that two consenting adults are doing, then you're pretty much good to go. Um, If you're feeling a lot of shame surrounding a kink that you're doing, then I would contact uh, a mental health professional to kind of unpack what's happening there. Anyways, yeah, without knowing more kind of what they mean, I'm going to move on. Um, This question is from (laughs) at deranged piglet on Twitter. Uh, How many sessions do you do in a week on average? Is there an upper limit, a lower limit? Um, It's a little inconsistent. So I don't have like a typical work week like uh, some people do, you know. Um, Basically, people make appointments with me and then I come into the dungeon to do those appointments. So it's not like I go into the space and then it's like walk in or uh something like that or like I'm given shifts that I show up for and clients come it's nothing like that it's like people book and then I come do the booking and leave and you know if people do book a bunch that week then I come in a bunch that week if people don't then I don't so it can be a little inconsistent um depending on just the trends of people booking and yeah sex work is very much like goes comes and goes in waves depending on many factors um so yeah I mean I wouldn't want to do more than like five days in a row uh, at the dungeon I would need like a couple days off um even if I'm only in for like a couple day a couple hours per day um my sessions like per day I don't want to do more than three sessions per day or like two long ones. If it's two three-hour sessions, then I'm like, that's a max. You know what I mean? Um, a lower limit. I wish I had control over, <laughs> over that. Because there are some weeks that go by that you, you you get some scant sessions. I mean, I would love to have like four sessions a week if I could lock that in. That would be fabulous. Maybe like two on one day. You know? get that three-day weekend in there okay this one is at owned always on twitter it says do you offer waxing sessions so rc doesn't do wax um of any type because it's just too messy um i do sometimes low-key do some wax play with like hot wax like candle dripping on people um not really supposed to though, but I think this person means like waxing hair. So I've actually never done that professionally. Um, and that's messy as hell. So even if I were to do that, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be supposed to, (laughs) that would be a no for the RC sessions. Um, so this one is at dizzy puppy one. If a mistress is married in her personal life, should and can she still have a personal slave? And is is it possible to keep them separate? So, yes, definitely. Um, Lots of people have, like, uh, you know, partners in their personal life um, that are DS-based. And then also either uh, someone you're married to or someone you cohabitate with, you know it's, I mean, yeah, I've heard of all sorts of situations. Uh, I know someone that lives with both of their partners. I know a few people that live with both of their partners, and one is like their married partner, and one is um, like a DS partner, or a girlfriend, or boyfriend, or what have you. So yeah, that could definitely exist. Um, For me personally, if this question for me personally, then I couldn't have, like, my scenario wouldn't be my husband and a kink partner living in the same space. That's not something I would do, but lots of people do it. Um, Yeah. And if you want to know more details, then you can ask them. (laughs) I'm such a jerk. Um, (laughs) This is from at Euclidean Point on Twitter. Is there anything you've not yet done in a session that you'd love someone to ask you for? Ooh, baby. <laughs> Multi, multiple, many, many doms session. L- would love that. Book a bunch of the RC people and have us top you. I would lo- lo- love that. I've done trios, but I've never done four people. Know <clears throat> what I would love also okay I I get couples fairly often, which I love when a couple comes in but what if like a a couple came in okay but for a duo, me and someone else mm client couple and then a duo duo dom top love it love, 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 love it um I'm lucky I do get to do so many things that I that I love to do um. I always want more needles. I love to practice my needles. Um, I love MedFet. I, anybody wants to get me to do MedFet. Anyone wants to get me to do role play. I love, I'm trying to think. I wrote like a little list of like manifesting 2023 sessions. You know what I mean? Um, and all that was on it. Oh, ignore sessions was on that list. Um, Oh, and I love doing sessions with like providers that you hire in. Um, like there are a couple of providers that are my go-to providers. Uh, so it's not a house dom that I'm doing a duo with, but like another provider bringing them in just makes for a cool dynamic. And I would absolutely love more of those. But is there anything I've not yet done in a session? I mean, there are some skills I just straight up do not have. So... I haven't done those in a session. But like, if, you know, there was a dominant that I duoed with, and they did, you know, an activity that I'm not skilled at enough to provide professionally. um, I would love that, you know, like just to learn and be able to kind of be the assistant for like an activity like that, that I literally just don't know how to do. I love to learn. So yeah, if some dom wants to do with me and like teach me something like that i would i'd be obsessed i'd love it (laughs) so this is from at madam underscore panther on twitter any christmas or religious themed scenes you want scenes you want to do but haven't had the chance to do Ooh, yeah, I like I like religious play. I haven't done a lot of it. So yeah. If someone like wanted to do like a confession, you know? A confession and then like a punishment to atone for their sins. That'd be super hot. And like, yeah, the punishment could look however you want it to look. Um, could be a lot of things, you know. But yeah that's hot. Yeah, no one, no one really books me for religious stuff. But I do have a religious background, people. I do know some religious stuff. I can make some references and I can make it seem pretty authentic because I grew up in that in that shit. (laughs) I was trying to think of another word other than that shit. But again. (laughs) So yeah, let's do a confession atonement scene. Okay. Okay. This is at subinsatiable on Twitter. It says, you and other sex workers are running small businesses and are entrepreneurs, which is a lot of commitment. What keeps you motivated, especially when starting out? That's a fabulous question. Motivation. One of the hardest things of doing this type of work is definitely self-motivation. I think writing lists helps me and I think breaking down my to-do like lists my each of the activities I have to do breaking them down into small things smaller parts you know that I can cross off and feel satisfaction that way because for me specifically what keeps me motivated is like ooh I had a good day of work that day I got a lot done you know what I mean? That makes me feel like I'm a good worker, I'm good at my job. And, uh, you know, keeps me positive going forward at doing my job, right? So I'm like, yeah, I like just like to make little lists for myself. And then that feeling of crossing something out. Oh, God, that's a kink in itself. But also like maybe to pair with that is to make sure you schedule downtime for yourself as well. You know, um, because that's so important, especially starting out, you might kind of, uh, you know, burn your wheels. Am I making that up as a phrase? Perhaps. Um, you're going to burn out, you know, if you just, uh, hustle, 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 like we think we have to do, um, like capitalism can be so unmanageable. Right. Um, so I think it's important to like, yeah, get a good day of work done but like there's also make sure there's also days where you do absolutely nothing or you do things that are filling your cup back up in some way whatever that looks like for you you know yeah okay oh another one from madam underscore panther on twitter they ask worst and best part about the holiday season from a pro dom perspective Ooh, that's a good one too so, maybe worst is that it's a little slow, you know what I mean. People are away. people are with families uh people are just not thinking about booking a provider, really you know um, they do it right before the holidays and they do it right after the holidays. so there is busyness there. However, yeah, during the holidays, it's a bit slow, isn't it so you know, one of the worst things is like, yeah, you kind of worry about money a little bit because you've spent a bunch of money buying all these presents. It can be an expensive time of year. And then it's also slow for you work, working. And, um, you know, where it's not a job where you get a Christmas bonus or something like that. (laughs) So that can be a little stressful, but you know what? It usually is going to pick right back up. January characteristically for me is always quite busy. The thing with me is I've booked off some time in January. I'm away for like five days at the beginning and like a week at the end of January. So that's also going to be great because I need time off and I'm really excited to go away and get out of the city. However, a little stressful financially. And then the best part about the holiday season from a pro-dom perspective. I mean... It's really sweet when clients give you holiday gifts, you know, when they come into session with you, you know, if someone brings a ball of champagne because they know your New Year's is coming up or like, yeah, sometimes you get something in the mail from your regulars, which is really sweet. Or someone might tip, you know, a little extra just because Christmas is around the corner. Stuff like that is really sweet, you know, if I'm talking about like work stuff. I love a work holiday party that's fun like I went to a little holiday party at Lady Azalea and Lady Delphine's dungeon which was fabulous we you know as I said ritual chambers got postponed but that'll be really cute so yeah doing having like little work parties is really fun Honestly, one of my first introductions into the pro world, like right when I started at Ritual Chamber, there was a holiday party like that week that I went to. That was amazing. It was such a cool introduction uh, into this space, like this workplace and just pro kink in general is an absolute blast. Um, So yeah, that's what I'm gonna say. And then another thing I'm going to say is uh, I'm going to go into a break and then we'll be right back with lots more listener questions from you. Okay, bye. Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsUR.com. The Bed Post Podcast is also brought to you by Club M4, the largest swingers club in the GTA. And I am on their events Instagram, at Club M4 Events. And I just want to tell you all the awesome things that are happening for the month of December. Oh my gosh, so many cool things. We have Club M4's fetish fantasy hosted by Empress on December 18th. Milf Monday, December 19th. There is a Christmas disco and dance party on Tuesday, December 20th. Bye night Wednesdays on the 21st, a comedy night on the 22nd called Bumpin' Uglies The Naked Truth, And then we have a bunch of amazing events running right through the holidays, December 23rd, 24th, 25th, all the way to their, get this, glitz and glamour New Year's Eve party on, of course, December 31st, brought to you by the YSS, Young Swingers Society. You can find their main page on Instagram at clubm4.toronto or once again, if you want to browse through these amazing December events, go to at clubm4events. Hello, hello everybody, welcome back. More questions, more solo me. This is from... At Blue Army Man117 on Twitter. They are asking, have you had any slash many asexual clients? I'm gonna say I'm sure I have. Uh people don't typically disclose that to me, like talking about their sexuality orientation-wise, you know. Sometimes people offer it, you know, giving context is can can always be helpful for me as a provider but um yeah people don't usually tell me stuff like that but I know just in general as I'm sure the person asking this question does that a lot of people a lot of ace folks uh go into kink um do do kink and a lot of sex workers also are ace um and stuff like that in general which we love to see but um yeah I, I I don't know exactly as far as how many I have had. This is from at Annex underscore Kitty on Twitter. Do you ever get discouraged from people canceling or not booking? If so, what are some ways you persevere? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... What's nice sometimes when people cancel is that they'll send anyways. (laughs) That's a really nice thing that happens. Um, Yeah, it does. it, It does suck, though. Like when you sometimes this happens. Not a lot, thank God. But like sometimes you get all the way to the space and you're all made up and you have your outfit on and everything. And then they no show. So that sucks. It is discouraging. Um, they have sent a deposit so you at least get that but yeah you're budgeting to make you know your hourly not just the the piddly little deposit that you get how you stay motivated luckily that doesn't happen a lot um you know and we have like a deposit system kind of at ritual chamber but if you're an independent provider then yeah i i personally if that does happen a lot I mean, that is kind of the option to get deposits, right? Because if people have paid, there's a lot less chance that they're not going to show up, right? Um, but I do get that not everyone can take deposits because that's a barrier for people. So um, so take that with a grain of salt, of course. Um, yeah, but uh, not booking was the other thing. Discouragement from people, just not booking. Yeah, I really try to not, um, when I do get discouraged is when, uh, you know, a bit of negotiation back and forth is happening surrounding like what the service is going to look like or what the scene's going to look like. Um, and they haven't made a financial commitment yet. So like, then it's disappointing because it's like, fuck, I just wasted my time. Right. So I have corrected that, you know, to make sure that I get the payment up front as quickly as I can. So I'm not wasting my own time. Uh, So yeah, I think how I avoid getting discouraged is I try to put these little things in place that set me up for, for success, essentially, you know what I mean? Just get payment, get payment and get it as early as possible. So you don't go wasting your time on these time wasters. But you know, there's also stuff of just like, the more the more you're in this industry, you do build confidence surrounding stuff like that. Like you get more confidence in your skills and confidence in your brand. Um, yeah. And you know, you'll get regulars and you'll get lots of great feedback and all that stuff. Um, and peers kind of uplifting you that will kind of all help you build your confidence so that anytime somebody does cancel, you're not kind of like, Oh, I suck. Um, although, you know, mental health is a journey, not a destination. So you know, sometimes they're that it feels like that sometimes, you know what I mean? But yeah, as best as you can, you got to kind of set yourself up um, for success and and take care of yourself. Um, But it will get better if you know, you're a person that is kind of starting out, it will get easier the more you kind of do it. I'll say that. Okay, so this is from at Mike, with a bunch of numbers after it (laughs) he says should ritual chamber host kink parties where many slaves and doms can come and play and know each other entry fees fifty dollars lol you wish you wish that don't you um yeah, if Ritual Chamber hosted kink parties, it would be a lot more expensive than fifty dollars. Like, if there's an opportunity for you to play with many dominants, That's gonna run you up up more like a grand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars. You know what I mean? If there's like, if you're playing, say, usually the scenario is like, you know, there are maybe four to six professionals. Um, and then you can buy tickets and, you know, it might sell up to like 15 tickets or something like that, let's say. Maybe It's not going to be one to one. It's going to be like two to one at the least or three to one. So, yeah, maybe 10 to 15 tickets are being sold. Events like that usually cost about a thousand bucks, because if you think of, uh, you know, it'll it'll be for a few hours. So it's probably four hours long, three hours long, four hours long. And um, you have the opportunity to play with several pros. So, yeah, when you think about like just having me solo for one hour is gonna cost you 350, you know, uh, just do the math, right? So, yeah, that. <laughs> but also, yeah, ritual chamber doesn't really, hasn't really gotten back into hosting big in-person events, like play parties specifically. That's not something. The ritual chamber really has been doing. So yeah, I'll say that. This is from at Etone SD on Twitter. What are some of your favorite pedicure colors or patterns for the holiday season? That's a cute question because I've actually never had a professional pedicure in my life. <laughs> and with my hand injury I haven't been able to do my nails because I just can't so um that's something I haven't been able to do this whole year basically or feels like since April anyways um I used to always have my nails painted but I would just do them myself but yeah this year I haven't, haven't been able to maybe now would be a good time to go get a pedicure since I can't do it myself however it would bother me that I couldn't maintain it myself that's the only thing but yeah, favorite colors. I like ones that are like I love cool colors, so I like blues and greens. I like black, navy. I like maroon, like dark, dark red. Uh, stuff like that. Gray. Yeah, real festive, <laughs> real holiday. <laughs> uh, speaking of holiday, okay. This next one is from at kink on wheels and they ask have you ever done christmas themed sessions um i did have someone dress up like a little elf a little christmas elf it's hilarious a little role play where they were just like <laughs> they were just like this insolent elf they were disrupting the toy shop um yeah and it was an impact scene i i had to i had to punish them you know <laughs> oh that was fun it was a good one they were so bratty and you know the more you kind of do the role play and you're talking back and forth about like you're recounting what happened in the toy shop and what did they do and what did everybody you know, just so much funny information starts to come out it's just so uh so enjoyable you know <laughs> lots of laughs just because the wild kind of way the twists and turns go so funny um, this next one is from at Gordy's game on Twitter. It says, I imagine that a lot of what happens in your sessions involves improvisation. Have you done any acting slash improv training? And do you consider the work you do acting slash performance? Um, yes, I have a, I have an acting background. Um, uh, I don't have tons of improv background well yeah to to most people I probably do actually so yeah um I don't consider the work I do acting or performance I definitely use those skills in scenes um like I'm sure that stuff provides a really good foundation for being able to facilitate pro scenes especially doing stuff with like role play and stuff like that that really comes into um into play a lot but like it's not um I wouldn't say it's performance or acting because it's not about performing the thing it's about creating this connection with the person it's very it's way more immersive than like you know I'm acting and doing this thing for entertainment for the person they're part of it they're equal a part of it as I am you know what I mean and um yeah, it's about uh, improv for sure. Like it's, there's a lot of improv because you're doing the whole idea with kink because you, you want to be in the room with each other. You know what I mean? You want to be really actively connecting to each other. So that's what you do in improv. So, so yeah, that I also teach an improv class, a kinky improv class. <laughs> so for me to say, I don't have much improv background. Yeah, no, I do. I teach a class on it. Um, <laughs> I'm teaching six classes coming up in the new year. Kinky improv is another, is one of them. So there you go. Okay. At God loves goths on Twitter asks, what's a dream session you haven't gotten to do yet? Well, I kind of had this question already, didn't I? But, um, a dream session, if I think I latch onto that word dream um I think to uh because I'm so used to my space at the ritual chamber and uh, not my space the website um the ritual chamber maybe like if I was to do you know a big elaborate scene uh in a different dungeon that has different equipment Um, that would be really cool. Because, you know, we have tons of stuff at Ritual Chamber, but we certainly do not have everything, right? So an opportunity to work with like some really cool different kink furniture would be fabulous. And again, the thing of like, I want to learn from people, like, if I could do co-top with someone who knows how to use, you know, a different piece of machinery or furniture or something, I'd love to do that. Like, Okay, if I, it's like dream scene, you know what I mean? Like uh Violet Mays is out there doing really elaborate uh medfet. Like I would kill to uh <laughs> to co top with her and learn from her. She's a name that's just jumped into mind, but like, yeah, I got to duo with uh I got to do some uh content with Delphine recently, which is so fabulous. Maybe, like, yeah, dream stuff is, like, works with some local doms I haven't worked with before. Honestly, there are some RC doms I still haven't duod with. Like, dream scenes, okay, book me in Indigo Blue, please. Book me in Oren, Empress Oren, please. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, My pal at Goddess Freya Faye on Twitter asks, if you were to come up with a Christmas-themed session, what would it be? Yes, okay, definitely, definitely would be role play. Oh, no, it just came into my brain, wow, from the recesses of my dark-ass mind. Okay, so needles, okay, this person is standing, you know, they're either like partially suspended or just like on the cross station area and needles all over. And then I'm hanging Christmas balls from the needles. So it's like needle bondage. Um, but yeah, you're hanging ornaments on them. So essentially you're doing needles all over and those are like, you know, those are the hooks. And then you're like decorating them like a goddamn tree. I am a genius. <laughs> I'm an evil genius. Um, okay. Someone who calls themselves at Show Me the Pounds on Twitter uh, wants to get some free erotica here because they're asking, what's your opinion on sissy sluts? Which is so funny because I feel like the last time I did a QA. Or maybe not the last time, but maybe the time before someone asked like this exact same question, different person, and they're, you know, they're fishing for, uh they want some sissy slut content, you know what I mean? But basically what I said that last time, uh, that I said, I said, like, sissification is a kink that I only offer in a very limited way, because... uh Um, you know, it has the potential to perpetuate, um, you know, this kind of toxic masculine patriarchal thinking, uh, rather than, you know, perpetuating it rather than subverting it. So I want to make sure that we're, if we're doing sissification or like feminization, a scene like that, that um, it's not degrading people for being feminine, uh, specifically like masculine people. Um, It's more encouragement scenes. So, same with like buy encouragement, you know. Um, Some people call it forced buy. I want to be on the same page with the person that, like, (laughs) the, the stuff we're not doing is not like misogynistic in any way or homophobic in any way. So, like, you know, a scene where I dress someone up as a woman, dress a man up as a woman, and make fun of them for being feminine not really my jam but there are like ways you can do that um that don't give off that vibe you know what i mean um like helping them embrace their feminine side and expressing themselves and showing them activities that they, de- they don't usually get to do and showing you know the the joys kind of of receiving and uh you know wearing pretty outfits and all of this kind of stuff right so yeah, sorry, but I'm not giving you your free erotica today. <laughs> so okay, uh, I do have one last questions on Twitter. I'm gonna save it because I'm gonna close with it because it's a good one. So I'm gonna go over to Instagram and answer a couple over here. Um, this is from at Intimacy Mistress on Instagram. And it says, when did you first realize you were kinky? Hmm. I mean, young, pretty young. (laughs) I don't know if I had like a moment where I realized that other than maybe the first time I actually did kink with someone and I was like, oh, this (laughs) this is sex this is my sex (laughs) this is how I want to do it and like had that kind of epiphany every time I like played with someone new that was like a little bit more educated and knowledgeable about it had more experience about it than the last person I was like it just kept getting better and better um but yeah I I think I told this I, I told this story on off the cuffs when I was first on that Because they ask for, like, a radioactive spider bite. And I was like, well, let's be honest. Like, literally when I was playing with Barbies when I was young, uh, Ken was kidnapping the Barbies, tying them up, humiliating them, (laughs) torturing them. Um, So there you have it. (laughs) And then Intimacy Mistress asked another question. How did you get into doming? This is when I've answered... um, a few other times on other podcasts as well. But basically, um yeah, I was doing it in my personal life a lot. I had a lot of friends that were kink providers at the time. I'd learned a lot through them. Um, and uh, I had done a lot of different kind of sex work adjacent jobs. Um, and that was like, one sex work type job that I hadn't explored yet and was interested in exploring. I was kind of not happy at the job I was at, and I was looking to make a change. And I was like, right, let's do this other sex work thing that is really interesting to me. And I applied for a job and got it. (laughs) That's pretty much it. (laughs) At Paul Ayoshi on on Instagram. (laughs) asks who do you like <laughs> what an idiot love love him love that man I like you Paul that's who I like Um, at what is life on Instagram asks if you could fully design a scene to your liking how would it look hmm Honestly, I'm an improviser at heart. <laughs> Again, after me saying, I don't have much improv uh, experience. I I really prefer to improvise through a scene rather than like fully design a scene. You know what I mean? That's not super attractive to me. Again, what would be attractive to me is someone else fully designed a scene and I co-topped with them. So I got the freedom of improvising within that storyline. But like, yeah, if I could tag along where another dom like say say um organized a whole kidnapping kind of scenario that's something I've never gotten the chance to do but some uh there are some experiences that you can do you know in the city or just outside of the city where it's kind of like a weekend thing where you get kidnapped and you get thrown in a barn or something and there's multiple doms and uh you know sleeping in a cage at night, all that stuff. So I'd be interested in like seeing what that would look like um, realistically. Uh, but like I wouldn't know the first thing of organizing. And I have no interest in organizing something like that. But like if somebody was like requested me to get in on that, I'd be so down. Yeah, so that might be cool. But yeah, if I could fully design a scene to my liking. I mean, I kind of do that on a regular basis. I I design scenes how I want to run scenes, you know what I mean, at Ritual Chamber. So what's kind of appealing to me is like to see how other people design scenes and do that for a change. That would be kind of special and kind of exciting. Um, at Intimis, Intimacy Mistress again asks, know of any good DOM training resources? Um, yeah, I mean, Ritual Chamber offers so many classes uh, someone else that offers classes that I always recommend to people is Luna Matadas. Luna's been on this podcast numerous times. I've been on hers. And uh, she's a great friend of mine. Lots of classes. Um, I mean, good for her. Runs a lot of amazing classes as well. Um, I mean, yeah, pot- there are lots of podcasts about kink. Some of my favorites are The Dildorks, Off the Cuffs, which I mentioned already Um, I feel like going through the catalogs of mine is not a terrible idea. Just look at the, um, the, uh, episode title. You know, there are a lot of doms that have done this podcast, um, which would be, uh, a good learning experience, you know, just to hear how all different types of dominants do it. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, taking classes is probably the number one thing I would recommend. Like, we offer a class or ritual chamber that's like everything. It's called everything you want to know about becoming a pro dominant. Like, it couldn't be more perfect. So, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay at home and recommend the ritual chamber um, as a resource. Okay, so yes, I am done the uh, those insta questions and I'm going back to. Um, At fucking pineapple on Twitter asks, looking back at the past year, what are you most proud of yourself for? Blarg. Questions like that are tough to answer. This year was, um, this year was tough for me. This year started off really rough. Um, I had like two breakups right at the beginning beginning of this year and, um, yeah, dating was not going well as the year went on. And then, as I mentioned before, in April, I broke my wrist and I developed a condition from that and it's still... Um, pretty immobile, and it's, it's the, end of the end of the year. I feel like this year got eaten up by that injury. <laughs> um, Like, and also, I mean, like many other people, um, I got COVID this year, hit me pretty hard. I didn't develop long COVID, thank God. But, like, yeah, when I think back of this year, oh, that question, what are you proud of? I think of all those. Those shitty things it sucks i'm like ooh bunch of breakups uh <laughs> bunch of health, health stuff uh, yeah i feel like this year i've just been like plugging along i guess i'm proud that i kept going Sorry, that's dark. Um, I'm fine. I'm totally fine, by the way. Um, yeah, this was... Um, so, yeah, maybe I'm looking for, like, little uh, little um, wins, you know, rather than, like, <laughs> what I call this year something I'm proud of. I guess, okay, if I'm thinking about, like, my dating life... Um, I'm proud that I am, I'm really, uh, intentionally trying to date in a way that, uh, puts me first. I'm proud of that. I'm super proud of that. Um, it's equaled a lot of, um, breakups. <laughs> but that's a good thing, I guess. It's a good it is a good thing because I kind of dating, yeah, in a different way where I'm like, okay, we make a great connection, great, but if we don't want the same things, you know, if we don't want if we're not dating in the same way, you know, if you want to date in a way, in a way that doesn't feel good for me, then not gonna work you know we have a good connection well cool but it's not gonna work out so I'm proud of that um (laughs) big pause um I'm proud of I'm proud of um as far as like work stuff goes and like all my projects and stuff I'm proud of um like keeping it uh, balanced with the rest of my life. You know, I like not, I'm proud that I'm not overworking myself. I didn't overwork this year. And maybe it's because I had a lot of time off because of injuries and illness and stuff like that. But um, no, I think I've done that intentionally as well, though. Not taking on too much, too many projects Taking a break from a certain aspect of work stuff, um, when I needed to, and coming back to it when I felt like I wanted to. Teaching was a way I did that. Performing at Oasis was uh, same thing happened where I took a big break from it, and then I was like, okay, I'm ready. Um, yeah, taking performance opportunities, like other performance opportunities, for a while I was like I'm not interested in that. Um, those gigs and then at one point I was like you know what maybe I will do one I think I'm ready I do feel like I want to so um yeah I'm proud of that uh yeah and I'm proud at you know continuing to find out and maintain the way I work because as I mentioned like with sex work it's like you know you can get caught kind of hustling, hustling, hustling constantly. And I think I've kept that pretty balanced as well. Like, you know, you should always check in with yourself surrounding boundaries with your work, right? And I think I've done a good job about not having it just, like, take over my life because it, it can. And probably for me, for me, it did for sure for a while, right? As it does with other people as well. Um, yeah. I'm going to read that question one more time. Looking back at the past year, what are you most proud of yourself for? I guess what I'm most proud of myself for is um, having strong boundaries and maintaining said boundaries. Not bad. Honestly, I dreaded, I kind of dreaded asking that question or answering that question. Because I was like, I don't know. But you know what I'm proud of? That answer. <laughs> I don't mind that answer. Yeah. So that's uh, that's it. I actually had to cut off the questions at one point because I'm like, that is more than enough questions so um thank you so much like earlier today i made that tweet and i got all those fabulous questions so thank you to everybody who submitted a question um and uh yeah hope you enjoyed the episode we will be back next week of course uh with uh the podcast doing the thing it usually does i'll have a guest and we'll be uh back you know in the studio talking about sex and sexuality here on the bedpost podcast but until then Happy holidays and get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!